0: Welcome, everyone, to the Chain Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Odom, and it's been a while since we've talked. I've actually, as you can tell in my voice a little bit, uh, I've been battling a pretty uh, significant lung issue for the last month and I've been to multiple doctors, and I think we're on the upside of this, but uh, my voice sounds raspy or gross. It's just because... We've been battling through some things uh, with all sorts of fun medications like prednisone. Any of you listening have been on that before. You know, that's a fun battle to have when you're on high doses of prednisone for a long period of time. Uh, If you're watching, I apologize for the puffy face and the red uh, tone. Uh, I feel a little bit like a Oompa Loompa in that sense, Um, but I think we're on the upswing. So I wanted to make sure uh, that we wrap up the four essential roles of leadership before the end of the holidays today we're on the third essential role of leadership, which is execute strategy. Uh, Franklin Covey we believe that execute strategy is aligning what we call the six rights or systems with the four disciplines of execution. And if you've been a longtime listener of this show, you know that my first love of Franklin Covey content is the Seven Habits for Highly Effective People because it always is bringing you back to looking in the mirror and asking yourself, "Am I the person?" who I'm supposed to be, and how do I... And it gives you a skill set and a tool set to be that person. Outside of the 7 Habits, the 4 Disciplines of Execution has made a tremendous impact on my life professionally. And it's one of my favorite contents. And so... Um, we're going to dive into that content deeply. We've, we've done a couple of podcast episodes over the last couple of years on it. And so you can go back if that's something you want to learn more about. Just type in, you know, do a search in the episodes of 4 Disciplines of Execution. Um, we are going to take a deep dive into that starting in February um, each month, these episodes. Um, so today, I want to focus on the six rights. Um, it's really about aligning six key symptom, uh, systems. The first system is people, second is decisions, third is resources, fourth is structure, fifth is rewards, sixth is processes. Again, here's a high-level overview of the six rights. People, decisions, resources, structure, rewards, and processes. I'm going to go through the six right now at a high level. And what I just encourage you to think about is think about your leadership uh, of your school, your district, as we're going through it. And it's not really a checklist per se, but it's more of thinking through how you you believe you're doing in each of these areas. So the first right, the right people. Everyone listening to this podcast, I believe, believes that people are the most important resource they have. So I would just say, first and foremost, think diligently that uh, you have the right people who are passionate, dedicated, and share a common commitment to the well-being success of our students. The second part of this is, is a little bit harder. Um, and depending on you know, the time of year, we've all seen the curve of, you know, sometimes we're all really high in schools. We're really excited and we've got a lot of optimism. And There are some months uh, where it feels like nothing can be done right. And we're probably a little bit pessimistic. And so I would just challenge you, wherever you are right now, especially if you're in the pessimistic kind of curve of the year, look around those people that don't necessarily seem to be the most passionate people you have in your life. And ask yourself, what would it take to tap into what lights them up? What brings them passion in life? There was a person at the height of the Ferguson uh, riots here in St. Louis. I, I met an awesome woman, teacher, who was kind of going through our Leader in Me training. This is not a Leader in Me episode by any means, but it was just something that I, I noticed. And I asked her, how was how this process kind of impacting her life? And she told me, you know, for... 18 years, she'd been teaching 18 years. uh, For the second half of the 18 years, she'd been counting down her days to retirement. And in this 18th year, she had had a training that had asked her to rethink her legacy of why she got into education, what impact and legacy she wanted to leave with the kids and the school she worked with. And she said that alone had given her excitement, passion, and vision to see herself at least another 18 years in the school system. And so as you're sitting there thinking about, do I have the right people? Ask yourself, you know, before we start saying if they're right or not, have you done everything to figure out what makes each person on your team tick? What brings joy to their life? What, what legacy do they want to leave on that school, on your district and on the kids and the people in your district and figure out if, that's, if there's a way that you can reignite that passion? The second one is the right decisions. And that speaks to the importance of strategic decision-making in education. As leaders, the decisions we make have a profound impact on the trajectory of our districts and schools. We must make informed, student-centered decisions that align with the broader vision of educational success. To me, when I say that, it sounds like a lot of uh, just kind of education jargon, and I don't mean it to be such. What this says to me when I think about the right decisions, I ask myself, what is my ethos for decision making? Uh at, at a school level I've heard, you know, we make student centered decisions. We we make decisions based around academic achievement. And so whatever that is to you, I think for me, I, I've shared this before about like in the kind of the old school Southwest uh, airlines kind of take is instead of the customer's always right, we want to say our people are always right. I think today when Burnout is as high as it's ever been for teachers. People are leaving the profession, uh, the principalship, the, the superintendent roles at a faster rate than ever. I challenge each of us to think about, you know, whatever ethos you're helping use in your decisions is how is this best for our people? How is this getting the most out of them and serving them so that they can lead, live and impact with joy in our schools? The third right, the right resources. It's a vital area for, where educational needs are ever-evolving, and I would say here, we must allocate resources effectively to ensure that funds, technology, materials are directed towards initiatives that enrich learning experiences for our students. When I, when I see that, that's kind of like a no-doubt. Yeah, okay, we've got resources. We've got we've to make sure that we're allocating resources to the right things. I think one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make as a, as a leader uh, within a district is Working in a school district, a high poverty school district, we realized that we had 700 nonprofits working with our schools and doing a lot of awesome work. The problem is we only had about, you know, I think 60 or 70 schools at the time. So 10 nonprofits per every school. And I know it's not how that really breaks down because they are all focused on different outcomes. But basically, we had a lot of nonprofits that were doing a lot of really good things, but weren't aligned to exactly the the leverage that we needed. And so the hardest part for us was going to meet with those nonprofits and trying to repurpose their focus to make sure that they were serving our needs in the community. And so it's not just about thinking about your, your money, but also think about the hardest ones for us were the nonprofits who were giving up their time, energy, and effort in ways that we were so thankful for. But the question is like, yes, it's great that... They are serving, but are they serving in a way that's really getting you all to the the end in mind? And so as you're taking time over the break, I would just encourage you to think about not necessarily getting rid of them, but bringing those partners to the table to figure out what that better, stronger alignment could be. The fourth right, the right structure. That's about creating an organizational framework that supports your educational mission from curriculum design to administrative processes, you you must create a structure that fosters an environment where innovation and collaboration can flourish. And when I think about the right structure, again, this is personal to me. I I think we've got to constantly fight to push down decision-making authority to the people who are on the front lines. I want teachers in my buildings to be empowered. I want teachers to feel like uh, yes they have clear high expectations of the outcomes that they have to uh, achieve or they're striving to achieve but they know that they are trusted leaders within our organization within our school district that have been hired because they have a unique gift to give i don't want to overscript talented people in a way that it drives the joy out of them where they feel like they're on a you know some, some sort of machine belt you know putting together kids they actually get to think You know, my goal is to improve reading. I'm going to instill and love and reading in kids. And however you do that, make make it happen. And so, I think for me here, it's set expectations high, but empower your people to be the leaders that you hire them to be. The fifth right, and this is one that I've struggled with too, is choosing the right rewards. Um, so the fifth writes, the right rewards, recognize the importance of acknowledging and celebrating achievements in education, discuss how recognition, encouragement, and a culture of appreciation contribute to a positive, thriving educational community. I am admittedly not the best at uh, stopping to smell the roses. I think even when you win, I'm get i I'm a type of person that gets more excited about the process uh, than I do the results. I just feel like if you do the, the right process, you'll get the results. Um, I'm a, I'm someone who grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. This is not supposed to be a college football podcast, but I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. So I grew up, even though I didn't go to school there, a Florida State Seminole football fan. And so obviously they've been in the news a lot lately. Uh, and we did not make the playoffs uh, 13-0. I have a lot of opinions on that, but Alabama did. And they're led by uh, Nick Saban. I remember, uh, I remember an interview with him one year after they won the national title, where he said, I'm going to celebrate this win tonight, and I'm going to hit the road tomorrow to recruit the next group of team members. He was obsessed with the process. And I think there's definitely some good to that. There's, there's no knock to it. But I feel like often um, folks with that mindset, including myself, and I'm not comparing myself to Nick Saban at all. I'm just saying the mindset of just keep it moving, what's next. There's some power in that, but there's definitely some weakness in that. We have to stop and smell the roses. We have to figure out a way to celebrate the little wins along the way. When we talk about the right rewards, it doesn't have to be anything expensive. I mean, many of you listening have you know, done jeans days or pajama days for your teams. Um, it could be, I've seen uh, one one principal do a pie in the face day uh, for kids and a, as a reward. Um, you know, maybe a picture displayed somewhere, a parking sp- spot. I've even seen a school have teachers get competitive over paper plates uh, with their names on it, uh, winning some sort of award. Just figuring out what what award, rewards make your team tick. And they feel that while you're not, you know, uh, at the end of the school year, you're feeling like week to week, month to month, you're making progress and that they're being recognized. The last right is the right of processes. And this is the one that I am the worst with. And what the right of process underscores is the significance of effective systems and workflows. So here you wanna dive into streamlined processes that enhance efficiency, reduce administrative burdens, and allow educators to focus on what truly matters, the teaching and learning. Um, I've found a lot of my friends that are, are leaders can struggle in this area too. They're more driven by people than processes. But if you want predictable results year over year, if you want to get results that um, don't feel like a heavy burden every year, and what I mean by that is like, I know there's years where uh, whether I've been leading or one of my friends have been leading that are really good at people persons where they get great results, but the whole team is exhausted by the end of the year because there weren't predictable systems in place that could have made the lift easier. And so I just challenge you, you know, whether it's you thinking about your systems or in my case, it's finding people on my teams or around me who are really good at systems and empowering them to think through the systems that we've got to have in place to lighten the burden on the right people to allow them to focus on what's most important, building relationships and teaching and learning. So those are the six rights. And I would just say, as you navigate the multifaceted landscape of educational leadership, remember that the six rights of leaderships aren't just a checklist. They're about unlocking the full potential of your schools or district. By focusing on the right people, the right decisions, the right resources, the right structure, rewards, and processes, you're laying a foundation for where every student in your building and your district can thrive. I'm excited about what's coming up in the new year. Uh, we're going to do, again, next week, you should have the, the fourth and final role, of the four central roles of leadership. And then right when you come back from the new year, I'm going to do a very personal episode about my own struggles and kind of how I'm focused on this year. And then uh, starting in February, we're going to dive deep into what I would say is my second favorite content here, the four disciplines of execution. So if that's something you're excited about, get excited with me. I Again, can't thank you all enough for the support uh, that you've given us. As you've listened to this, if there's any leader in your life who you needs to hear uh, just a little bit about the six rights, as well as just uh, some encouragement on their leadership, please share this with them. Uh, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe. We continue to grow. I just found out the other day we have grown by double from last year already, and we, you know, even more so. Uh, it may be higher now, but I'm just uh, in awe of people continuing to listen to this. And I thank you all so much for uh, making us a part of your week. And I look forward to having many more conversations with you coming up in the near future. So have a great day. Thanks.